And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. There's been one demand, and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about, is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise... You can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a post-game edition of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Nguyen, our first victorious post-game pod of the season the Raiders beat the Broncos 32-23 on Sunday, the first win of the Josh McDaniels era, a game that it was really all about the running game. You know, Derek Carr, I think, played fairly well, but uh, Josh Jacobs, a career day, 144 yards rushing, 28 attempts. He gets into the end zone twice, averages 5.1 yards per carry, ground game as a whole, 212 yards. The Raiders are now 8-1 all-time when Josh Jacobs gets 25 or more carries, um, and really just an impressive day. By the Raiders, uh, maybe they finally have found their right combination on the offensive line. We've talked uh, really coming into this game about how the Raiders ran the ball at a pretty good clip last week, but just didn't run it enough. But on Sunday, uh, the ground game, and we'll get to the defense a little bit later and how they played, but the ground game really was able to power the the Raiders' way to this victory. Yeah, it's been one of the, the weirdest things to start the season. You know, the offensive line for all the the critiques that we had of them all off season, they were really good at run blocking and, and the Raiders just never did it. But, you know, coming out early, it was clear that that was the emphasis for them to get the ground game involved. And, you know, the volume didn't change the efficiency at all, as, as we saw. And Josh Jacobs, you know, this was one of his, you know, his best, you know, I guess we could say his best career game, you know, so far. I mean, he looked great out there. And he also even got involved in the, in the passing game, was able to carry some yards after the catch of some of those, those short passes. And especially with, you know, them kind of working out some of the chemistry issues in, in the passing game and they didn't have Hunter Renfro for a second straight game. It just makes sense, you know, to lean into what your offensive line is best at and, you know, help them have better control of the ball, more consistency, they're more balanced on offense. And, um, you know, it still wasn't a great game for their offense. You know, I think they only scored most of the times it was, it was field goals. They only had a couple touchdown drives, but you can see the extra element that the run game has to this offense. And, you know, it's something that, you know, I expected to be more, this should, should be close to the norm. You know, I don't know if Josh Jacobs is going to get 144 yards every time, but just in terms of his workload, this should be more of what we see moving forward. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting game plan. I think, I um, mean, the Broncos had pretty good defense. They hadn't given up a rushing touchdown all season long. And McDaniel said his game plan was to be physical, kind of wear him down. And uh, that's what they did. I think um, you mentioned uh, Josh, but uh, Derek Carr had a career high, five rushing first downs, and a couple of them were, Really timely and really big plays, especially down the stretch when they scored their last touchdown to kind of ice the game. So, uh, good game plan. I mean, like Deshaun said, there's still um, work to be done. They're two of five in the red zone, which is not going to cut it long term. But uh, 
you know, wins a win. And uh, they, they got one. And so now I think that's a great for morale. I mean, definitely you're, if you're on four, it's a whole different, uh, whole different season. But um, so, yeah, I think it was a good day at the, at the ballpark for the Raiders. Teams are defending the Raiders with a lot of two deep coverages, especially in that Tennessee Titans game where, you know, they're trying to get a double on Waller and trying to get a double on Devontae Adams playing cover two. So when you do that, you're taking a guy out of the box. And I think one of the ways that you deal with that is if you run the ball well. And like you guys mentioned, the offensive line, they've been a lot more physical than we thought they would become. They they would be coming into the season. They're definitely a, a much more physical than the group last year. Last year, um, Jacobs just couldn't get anything going because he would get hit in the backfield so much. So this is the, the Jacobs that you see when you, you know you give him some openings. He he can make guys miss when in an open field. It's hard for him to make guys miss when he's getting hit by two or three guys on, at the line of scrimmage. But you know if you give him a hole, he he can he, his uh, broken tackle rate is pretty high up there. So you know I just think this is a, the Jacobs you can see when you actually give him good blocking and um, good job by the Raiders of of being physical and and this could be the offensive line. I, I noticed they did rotate the right tackle a little bit, but. Do you guys think Mumford might be the guy going forward? Yeah, they started the game with Jermaine Illuminor at right tackle, which was curious to me. I mean, I wrote leading up to the game that they and Mumford had pretty clearly outplayed him there so far this season. And they did sub in Mumford at starting in the second quarter, and he didn't come out for the rest of the game. And you would think, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he had outplayed him to this point, and, you know, he finished the game out the last three quarters. Uh, and so it seemed like they may have found that five-man unit uh, with Colton Miller, left tackle, Alex Bars at Left guard, Andre James was back at center after missing two games. And uh, Dylan Palm slid back over to right guard. And then you have Munford at, at right tackle. And so they looked pretty good. I mean, they had, a you know, Derek Carr did get sacked a couple of times. But pass protection overall was pretty solid. The run blocking was great. And so, you know, it doesn't mean they're going to be great every week. But it, it feels like that should be the five-man unit that they roll with moving forward. I mean, you talk about Jacobs uh, in terms of his vision and, and being able to kind of see those holes. Career high, 102 rushing yards on 16 carries inside the tackles. Um, they're really, you know, dominating on those inside runs. He was plus 35 rushing yards over expected per Nets Gen stats. And he leaves the NFL in both of those categories this season. He has 230 yards and a plus 55 yards uh, over expected overexpected uh, on inside runs this season. So it, it's nice to see that. I mean, he's, we know a lot of teams love to run the outside zone and get backs on the outside, but I mean, he, you know, w- with Jacobs, the Raiders are being able to, to be physical and, and run the ball inside and uh, and he's having a really good season. Yeah, it's been a nice turnaround. I mean, he's a guy who we talked about a lot about how he didn't get his fifth year option. I thought that was a really bad sign, but apparently I was wrong. I mean, Jameer White hasn't got much uh, run yet and Jacobs is, He's getting better and better. He's blocking really well. I think he came in. He's in great shape. He has today. He said he had no uh, no cuts or burns in the shower. He felt great after taking all these hits today. So for him, that's always been an issue with the durability and and the fumbling is is, is gone this year. So he's having a great year. I think he's earning Josh's McDaniel's trust every week. And uh, today, Josh says he's one of the best running backs he's ever been around. So I think uh, Jacob's status is uh, kind of going through the roof. I want to correct something. I said uh, Illuminor didn't come back in after the. When he got subbed out, he did play a little bit early on in the third quarter, but it was it was Mumford that closed out the game. But yeah, Jacobs. I mean, you know, you know, his fifth year option, as as we said, wasn't a good sign. But you know, that doesn't stop guys from you know still sort of auditioning to be a be a part of the future. You know, with, with this last season on his rookie deal, and uh, he keeps playing this way. You know, even though I, I will say Zamir White did have finally a nice run in the pivotal stretch at the end of the game on the third and one, he converted the that first down and that's helped set up Josh Jacobs second touchdown, which iced the game. So we saw him get involved even a little bit, but I, I think some people might've 
Might have wrote off Jacobs a little bit too quickly. He's looked pretty good so far this season. Might get some Kenyan Drake money if he keeps us up. Come on. Come on. Too soon. Too soon, Ted. Too, too soon. soon. You just don't have that that pop and that um, that elusiveness with, with White that you, you have with Jacobs. And I think White can be a, a good a good serviceable back, but I think the ceiling with Jacobs is pretty high. But I, you know, I still don't know like, is that worth paying? A running back big money in, in today's age we'll, we'll find out but you know a good step for for josh pl- playing well right now did you guys read that one website or i think it was that one podcast that did some over-unders that they were debating who would have more yards between uh josh jacobs and, and Zabir wide what what idiots were nah, nah, yeah. nah. I said, well, what were they ever thinking all right uh I mean, let's talk about the defense you you go into that in the halftime they're up 1916 a lot of this game, they were put in, you know, disadvantageous uh, field position, and they were able to make some stops. Um, obviously, the big play, Amik Robertson gets the 68-yard uh, fumble return for a touchdown, the Raiders' first defensive touchdown since 2019. That was big, obviously, but that four-drive stretch in the second half where the Broncos go punt, 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 over four drives, a net of eight yards. We can say all we want about the Broncos' offense under Russell Wilson and how it, how bad it's looked through four games. I'm I'm, I'm not impressed with uh, this Russell Wilson offense, but uh, I mean the Raiders' defense. Max Crosby, two more sacks today, and just a guy who's just making plays all over the place. Uh, I mean, impressive day from the Raiders' defense, and they've had some really good stretches. I think uh, you know throughout several games this season, and uh, and that, that was one of them. Especially after you know, Denzel Perriman came on, came back today, and was such a huge presence early on, and huge hits for losses, and was playing really well. And he got hurt, went out with a concussion, and the defense kind of just picked up for him. They kind of, you know, it, they got better without him, which is kind of impressive. So nice resolve, nice leadership by Max Crosby and some of the guys in that front line. We also could probably put to bed the whole uh, Russell Wilson Derek Carr debate. I think Derek Carr is clearly a better quarterback at this point. I think that uh, debate's not put to bed. Daniel Hackett is calling plays like he doesn't trust Russell Wilson. Like they called so many first down runs in that that second half, and they were going nowhere with them too. You know, they had the third string running back in, um, and, and he he just wasn't he just didn't have the same pop as Devontae Williams or Melvin Gordon. But obviously, they weren't going to trust Gordon after the fumble. They were calling it so conservative in the second half, and it's not like they had a big lead or anything. Don't think I came away from this game thinking less of Russell Wilson. Daniel Hackett. He stinks, man. I don't know. I don't know what they got going on there, but he, he sucks. But anyway, yeah, I mean, Max Crosby, I mean, he, he pretty much tanked the Broncos' first two drives with, with sacks on each one of those and sort of set the tone for the defense and got them going during that stretch. Um, you know, the offense didn't really take advantage of it too well. That's why they, they still ended up being a pretty close game there in the fourth quarter. But really, the defense did everything that, that you could ask for, especially since they, they had bad field position so often. I mean, the punt coverage today was, was pretty terrible. The Broncos ended up starting at an average about about their own 33-yard line, which is really good. And it makes it tougher, obviously, on the defense. They had the weird onside kick attempt early in the game for no reason. The defense, you know, they were without three starters. When you throw in Rocky Sin, didn't play cornerback. And Anthony Averitt's still on IR and Pyramid went out. And so, you know, the Broncos offense hasn't been great, but still got to give them credit. I mean, eight net yards across, you know, four drives is is, is pretty hard to do. And so. Um, you know, Max Crosby, I, I think, you know, Ted said it last time we, we potted, you know, he's clearly one of the best players in the league right now. And not only, you know, with the sacks, but also the run defense again, he had four tackles for loss today. And that's something that you know, has been an evolution for him coming in as a rookie. That was a weakness. And now it's a strength. And so, you know, I'm not saying it was, it was just him, but he, he really set the tone for him coming out in the second half. And, you know, the defense, you know, I, I credit them the most really among the two sides of the ball for, for this win. 
I mean, it's almost starting to look like, I mean, Crosby's been so good, so much even better than, you know, his all pro season from last year that, I mean, it's almost starting to look like the Raiders got a, got a deal with their uh, extension for him last, uh, you know, in the off season. I mean, that's, that's just how good he is. I mean, he's through four games. I mean, he's got to be one of those guys uh, that that's going to be get con- getting consideration at the end of the year for defensive player of the year. If he keeps this up. That's not all just physical skills too. He's, he's, he's so intelligent. Like he's able to read blocks out. So like if it's a, if it's a quick set, then he knows it's going to be a quick pass and he gets his hands up, knocks passes down that second sack he got, I believe he sniffed out the play action. He knew the tight end wasn't run blocking. He was pass blocking, got up the field and got a sack right away. Uh, so yeah, just credit to, to Crosby. He, he's just taking his game up to another level. I was going to say that uh, yeah, the run defense has gotten a lot better today. He was double teamed a lot and he's not getting a lot of help. I would say up front. So uh, Chandler Jones makes some, he gets close once in a while, but I wouldn't say we're getting a Chandler Jones season. We thought we were going to get. So I think Max's accomplishments are just that much more impressive. Let's talk a little bit about Derek Carr. Um, you know, Vic, you mentioned it earlier. You know, the, what he was able to do with his legs. You know, forty rushing yards. Uh, you know, the five first downs. I mean, his passing number is nothing spectacular today. Um, you know, no uh, no touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Adams, first time this season he does not score, but over a hundred yards. You know, I think he distributed the ball pretty well. It was kind of, I mean, a game where they just kind of needed him to to do what he did. Um, and I mean, I think he, he played solid, nothing spectacular or anything, but I think he played well. And we know Josh McDaniels does not want him using his legs that much, but uh, I think there's there's got to be some balance that's, that they strike where, you know, he does feel at least some freedom to like, okay, I when my offense needs me to make a play with my legs, I'm going to do it. Especially early on, you know, while he's learning his offense and still kind of, not all the way there yet. You, you saw a couple of miscommunications here and there with with um, the, the Raiders offense. You know, using your legs is, is a great tool, you know, especially when defensive backs are dropping so far back and trying to defend your guys that you have some space to run. Take it. And Derek, Carr, you know, we've seen Derek Carr pass up on some big open field opportunities before. I like that he he started to just take off and run for, for first down when he was there. I was going to say, he gave a shout out to John Gruden because Gruden's a guy who really, you know, hammered on him to run more. And he wanted at least two first downs from Derek every game. I think this year we talked about early on the season where with Josh McDaniels, there's a growing, you know, some growing pains. And Josh does not want you to run. Derek was getting better at it. And he kind of felt hesitant to do things. So I think now Josh sees that if defenses are going to double team both Waller and Adams, there's, there's no eyes on Derek. So he definitely can get you 10 yards. And he's always been a good athlete. He's definitely not one of the great runners of the NFL, but, uh, He's a great guy. He's a great, talented athlete. He can play basketball, baseball, and whatever. He's just a guy who can get some stuff done. So I think it's definitely a positive step for, for this offense. Yeah, and this offensive line, for as, as well as they, they do run a block, they do their, I think their work show in those kind of true passing situations. And, I mean, Derek Carr, did get sacked twice today, had five quarterback hits. And, um, you know, in some of those runs, the pocket would start breaking down or maybe it was extended play and nobody was getting open downfield. And, he was able to tuck it and run and, and really you know, come up with some big first downs there. And so um, I think the most impressive one was probably that 20-yard that run that he had where uh, I don't think Josh liked it, that he, he dove forward instead of sliding on that one and kind of opened himself up for a hit. But he made it out unscathed, so no harm, no foul. Josh, speaking of Derek Carr. It was not just John Gruden that Derek Carr was shouting out today. It was somebody else in the postgame. He didn't just shout out. He gave a hug to everybody's favorite Raiders Reporter on Twitter. What's going on, Josh? How are you, Jimmy? Good to see you. You too. What's up? Break down the hug. It was, uh, you know, he, everyone's kind of, you know, breaking it down. We had the kind of the, he went in for like the, the bro hug handshake. Did, was there a little miscommunication there? 
little miscommunication here. We, 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 we didn't practice it. We didn't do it on the practice field. So, you know, we got to get up to speed. You know, it was promised to me last year. So we finally got around to doing it. It was promised to me. <laughs> He's got receipts for a hug. I, you know, after the Ravens win, he said, I'd give you a hug. You show negative, but I'd give you a hug, Josh. But these COVID rules, he couldn't. So, you know, we have to wait a year. COVID protocols are over. We can hug. Everything's good. Everyone loves each other now. Will this change the tone of your tweets from here going in forward? Or will it not be a, a love now? It's going to be a total it romance is, between you and Derek? I did not send out the tweet that Derek Carr set the record for most, uh, broke Jamarcus Russell's record for most consecutive games without three TD passes. I'm saving that for tomorrow. He gets a one-day reprieve on that one. I'm going to put that clip in slow-mo, put like a nice pink filter over it, and then add some music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the all 22 on that side, it's, it's not going to be good for me. <laughs> all right, you got any other good stats for us? I sent out a few. I sent out a bunch. I can't remember all of them. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Josh Jacobs is one shy of the most uh, games in Raider history, 25 carries, five yards per carry. Do you know who holds the record? No. Bo Jackson? No. Marcus Allen? Michael Bush. <laughs> Michael Bush. With three. So there you go. There no. no. So, yeah, one more. Yeah, Marcus Allen has two. What's Michael Bush's record in those games? What are, what are the Raiders' record in those games? I assume they're three. I didn't even look. I assume they're three. Now, one of them was the game that got Gruden fired in Tampa. Good memories so, right there. Yeah, there you go. It's, it's good times. It was the uh, like the last four times that someone had this many yards, this many TDs for the Raiders. It was today the 59-14 win over Josh McDaniels, the day Gruden got fired, and then uh, a game against the Jets. I mean, and you even got a defensive touchdown. You've been you've been yearning for the Raiders. I mean, like you've. You- I mean, they had to wait for you to be in the building for it. I was a little, I, I usually have that queued up on my back screen, like that tweet, and I forgot to put it in this week. So I had to frantically search for it to get, to get the numbers. It, 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 it was a panic moment. I was like, wait, I didn't save this tweet for this week. Let me go find this. It was a it was a big moment there. I mean, this is going behind the scenes. Would you guys wonder how how he is so quick with these with these tweets, right? When these moments happen, he's got a back screen available sitting there with these tweets all queued up and, uh, are people really wondering how Josh does his truth <laughs> in the backgrounds? Sick puppies. Yeah, you just ask the question, though. So you just lean over and say, you know. I did. I do. Yeah. yeah. So you, you have it easy. I do. It's true. So, this is true. Yeah, no. I, All right, Josh. Well, good seeing you guys. See you, Josh. Thank you. Practice the hug for next time. For next time, yeah. Right. For after the Super Bowl. When he wins the Super Bowl, we'll, we'll do a better one. Wow. So, there you go. There you go. Next so. hug, guys. <laughs> Justin Bell predicts the Raiders Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite-free. You see this? 
this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Speaking of defensive touchdowns, that's a good segue into our guy, Amik Robertson. The too short, Vic, you were the one that was right on that. You uh, you noticed that right away, tweeted about the too short taunt from Jerry Judy. Um, maybe not the best idea for uh, for Jerry Judy to pull that off, because, I mean, he was literally a different player from that play on. True, but I will say Judy scored a game against him later on in the game. So, I mean, it is true. Amik is short. I mean, at that point, <laughs> he was too short. But you're right, definitely uh, – and Meek said that they, they've always had uh, talk trash back and forth, and he may have actually started, so it wasn't good fun. But definitely, he definitely played with a chip on his shoulder and made some big tackles. He was good in coverage, and obviously, a great return. He said he was um, an all-around athlete in high school, so uh, the return was no big deal for him. It was just like you know, another day in the park. But uh, definitely a nice game for him and just a guy who, um, like Derek Carr said, he's always trending upwards. Everyone thinks he's always so positive and works hard and getting better. He's always in their eyes trending upward, which is a great thing to hear from your teammates. The thing that from a Robertson's college film is he had amazing ball production. Like he was always around the ball. He was tipping passes, intercepting passes, making huge hits. So it, it was good to see that come out today in, a, in an NFL game, especially when he gets motivated by a, a, a Judy taunt. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's been a guy that I think we've seen that when he has a bad play, whether it's a missed tackle or gives up a catch, it kind of starts crumbling for him. But I think this is one of those games where we saw him be able to, to bounce back from it and kind of sustain his confidence. He said he was talking to Patrick Graham on the sideline after that that first Judy catch and told him, don't worry about it, you know, keep your confidence. And, you know, Judy made some other plays throughout the game, but, you know, he had that, that fumble for a touchdown, obviously, and also played pretty well in coverage. You know, as I mentioned earlier, without Yassin and Averitt out there, they, they really needed him outside. Um, you know, Nate Hobbs, we all, we all know what he brings to the table at this point, but Still need some help on the other side, obviously. And um, they played uh, Javelin Guidry a little bit also outside when, when Hobbs went inside. And so some names that people probably weren't expecting to be called at cornerback. But um, the secondary, you know, all things considered, like they held up pretty well, I would say, going up against Russell Wilson and a couple of good receivers. He only had about 240 passing yards. And so obviously the, the pass rush led by Max Crosby getting a little bit more juice helped things out as well. But good game overall for the back end. And, and Amik Robertson, you know, stood out the most out of anybody. Yeah, I mean, and a guy like Robertson, I mean, he's, you know, 5'8", probably on a good day. There are always going to be plays that he's not going to be able to make. I mean, you know, it's just that's the nature of, of being at that size. But like you said, Deshaun, you look back in college, he had three pick sixes. He even had a – I was looking to see if he – you know, because one thing I, people were asking after seeing that return on that, that fumble is like, man, man, should we get this guy involved in the punt return game? He only returned two punts in college for minus six yards, but he did have uh, this must have been like an onside kick or something. He had a 30 yard kick return for a touchdown. But uh, yeah, I mean, he had four, you know, four total touchdowns in college and a guy like him, you know, he had an interception, what, a couple weeks ago, right? And it, you can kind of see like he's a guy that I think is, as he builds some confidence, he can start becoming a, a little bit of a playmaker for them. And uh, they, they need more playmakers in that secondary, even when they do get guys like Rocky Sin and Anthony Everett back. Yeah, it can't just be Nate Hobbs, right? And so, um, you know, they got they got Trayvon Merrick back this week from injury for the first time. Uh, he didn't really make any notable plays on the back end, but he's another guy that could be in the mix there. He had a nice pass breakup. 
There, there was one pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying in terms of uh, the same type of splash plays. Also, another shout out to Deron Harmon, who was who forced that fumble that led to Amik's uh, return, obviously. I mean, last three games, he's made a play of significance every game. This time, you know, it actually helped lead to a win for him. But, I mean, we have some playmakers on the back end. They just need a little bit more help from the pass rush. And, and, and we'll see, you know, I mean, outside of Max's two sacks, they also got a, a sack early on with Nate Hobbs coming in on a nickel blitz. And so, I think we that's, that's a big change with Patrick Graham this year. We see him blitzing a lot more often than Gus Bradley did. And so even if they aren't able to get pressure with four, they can find some other ways to get it. And so those two can kind of play off of one another, and then maybe the defense can settle in. Because as much as we talk about the offensive inconsistencies, the, the defense had also been the same way where maybe they give up a bunch of points in the first half and then settle in the second half or vice versa. And I think this game overall for four quarters, they, they end up playing pretty well. All right, well, Josh McDaniels, let's talk a little bit about him. He gets his first Raiders win as a head coach. Um, you know, first win as a head coach in a long, long time, going back to those Broncos days. Um, we knew they, they, they'd get a win there eventually. Um, 0-4, if they had gotten 0-4, this season would have been, uh, you know, gone downhill really quickly. We know that they, they should be better than 1-3 right now. They shouldn't have blown that game against the Cardinals, but... How bad do you think things could have gotten if they hadn't got the twin? I mean, it's it's hard when you're a new head coach and you're trying to establish what you want to do if if you can't find success early on. And so I think uh, for McDaniel's, uh, this was a pretty big one. I thought Derek said it best. He said it kind of validates the formula. Like obviously, the guy comes in, has his winning ways from New England here, and he put up the work in. And they probably have longer days and longer meetings they had before he got there. So. That stuff, I'm sure, starts wearing you at some point. If you keep losing, you're like, what the hell are we doing? But So I think it's a big win as far as it validates the buy-in, gives you some confidence that, hey, if we do things the right way and the way he's telling us is going to work. So in that regard, 1-3 versus 0-4 is a huge, huge difference. You know, you had former Bronco players releasing weird stories about him throughout the week, you know. So I, I think it is a huge win for just for buy-in, you know, overall buy-in from the team. Yeah, I mean, if you go on four, you, you definitely start having some questions about, you know, whether he's the right guy, even though it is it is early. So, yeah, I think this is a, a big win. And, you know, you want to see a couple more wins before you really could buy in that they, they might be back in it. Oh, that's a five, we're getting five minutes with good feelings. But wait, hold on, the jury's still out. Wait. Did we really need old Broncos players, like, coming and releasing stories for us to know that Josh McDaniels' tenure in Denver was a complete disaster. Like, w- there's no story that you could tell us that's going to surprise us, I think. I heard a couple, but um, I, 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 I can't <laughs> well, share. I can't Come share. On. But no, I can't. But um, I think Josh admits it was dumpster fire. Josh admits he wasn't as good people as he should have been, made some moves he regrets, and kind of went downhill pretty quickly. So I think I'll him to come out now. I think he owns it. He's like, you know, that, that was me then. This is me now. And um, like we said, there's definitely this win kind of gets things back on track and you kind of stop worrying about you know, his patterns or his old coaching habits coming back to, to life here and kind of look, look ahead. To be positive, you know, this Broncos defense is really, really good. You know, it's might be a top five uh, type of defense. So for them to have that kind of offensive performance against that type of defense, it's a, it's a good sign for things moving forward. This could be the big new thing, like the whole like the nine man rotate nine rotations could be the new phase, new craze in the NFL. It actually, it goes cutting edge stuff. It actually works. Yeah, they do play the Chiefs next week though, which um, oh, you know, they're uh, they're current. Keep it, keep it positive. They're, they're current. Positive. Hey, we're talking about the future now, right? I mean, they're, they're currently beating the Bucks by three scores and have the ball, so 
look like they're still the Chiefs, as we all expected. So, yeah, I don't know necessarily this is going to start like a winning streak or anything of that nature for them, but I think there is some value in seeing kind of the process, you know, have some tangible results for the from the players' perspective because, you know, you know, why they only their average margin of defeat was only four points, like doesn't really make it feel any better. It probably makes it feel worse, actually, that they're there close and still we're finding a way to keep losing these games and, you know, to finally have a breakthrough, you know, what it wasn't perfect. Obviously, they had their flaws, but gives a morale boost for sure and, and kind of helps guys see the long-term vision. We'll see if they can carry it over to, to next week or not. But just in terms of, you know, because, I mean, you know, some people are kind of going to the extremes of the start to the season. Like, nothing's good was going to happen to McDaniel. They, they could lose today. Like, he's not... He wasn't getting fired. Like nothing, no kind of change was going to happen. But in terms of the long-term outlook, which is all what it's all about when you have a new regime change, um, it definitely is a, is a positive step forward for him. They are six and a half point early underdogs uh, for next week's game. As our buddy Josh Jabao, uh tweeted earlier, they were double-digit underdogs the last four seasons. So uh, they're making progress there. One, one hug and the guy's Joe Positivity. What the hell? Joe Positivity. Oh, shit. Patrick Mahomes just got picked off. Never mind. Maybe they oh. suck. I'm just kidding. Tashawn, since you're getting ready to go back to uh, to Missouri uh, next week, I do have to ask, how would you enjoy the uh, Missouri game on on Saturday? Fuck you, guy. You know I, mean? <laughs> I mean, you guys were up. I didn't. You guys I, were up. I actually, I actually didn't watch the second because while that was going on, we were meeting some of our fans. Uh, plug at a uh, tailgate social at our first. They didn't have the game on there for you. No, I didn't. I didn't request that bullshit because I mean, after the Auburn game, I have no desire to watch them play football anymore for the rest of the season. I give up. And so everybody's like, oh, they're, they're beating Georgia by two scores. I'm like, yeah, okay, they're, they're going to lose somehow. Just wait. And, of course, they lost somehow. So I'm glad I didn't waste my time and enjoyed the presence of the Raiders fans that we got to meet for the first time. So fuck with you. Hey, that, that kicker might be your highest uh, drafted player. Yeah, he's you? an asshole. <laughs> missed, from, missed from the one-yard line against Auburn to win the game. Was... We went off track in a hurry here. Man. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. All right, guys. Well, that'll wrap up our first victorious postgame State of the nation of the season, Vic. You got any uh, any final words? Any 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 uh, any tunes you want to belt out for I'm, us? I'm not singing. <laughs> I, I lost my voice, man. I'm here on Friday, so uh, oh, I'm not singing. I'm on the, the fans. I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm on the IR. They beat the Chiefs off. Uh, I'll do something. This win was a nice step in the right in the right direction. But we uh, got stack wins, and then we'll start singing after we stack wins. Stack wins, stack hugs, and then we stack sing. songs. There you go. And then we sing. All right, y'all. We'll talk to you guys later this week to get you ready for Raiders and Chiefs. Later. Adios. Same Hackett. He stinks, man. I don't know. I don't know what they got going <laughs> on there, but he, he sucks. Yeah. Yeah. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.